Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. everybody today all right and the choir is behind me today Richard we might just get up and sing while we at the end of it yeah I'm so excited to be with y'all I'll be honest with you you are my second family of all the places and um, of all the places that I travel all across the country to speak I'll be honest with you this is this has to be one of my favorite places this this is home for me um, I was um, Last week or the week before, I was in Naples, Florida, suffering for Jesus. And um, <laughs> But there's something about being in Mount Olive. And I was, I was shocked. I came a different way today. Y'all have a tractor supply now. That is so cool. That is so cool. We just got to work and pray and have a revival in this church and pray for a Chick-fil-A to come to me, Mount Olive, okay? <laughs> I love Mother's Day. I want to say I honor all the mothers. Um, I honor even the moms who have adopted children. Who um, I honor those who are even wanting to be a mom. And I pray that Jesus will give you the desires of your heart. I do. Um, I am a pro-life director. Um, people asked me, they said, um, re- of course, we've all heard the leak this week. And they said, how will that affect you? As a pregnancy center, um, I guess you'll be out of a job. That's the wrong answer because not only am I pro-life, but I'm pro-abundant life. How many of you know God wants them to have abundant life? And um, so it's not just about saving the baby, but it's working with that family and building healthy families. And so I will let you know that pregnancy centers across the country, keep them in your prayers because I believe their numbers will triple, if not quadruple. I will tell you, Richard, I messed up my very first Mother's Day. So I'm in the hospital, and I'm delivering my child. Jeff, I don't know if you ever say something from the stage, and you go home, and Lisa goes, why did you say that every Sunday? (laughs) I thought my spouse was the only one. My first Mother's Day did not go the way I planned. I had a kidney stone. Anybody ever had a kidney stone before? Yeah. My friend Karen is in the house today. She actually has a kidney stone. I want you all to pray that the Lord will deliver her from that because that is some pain. I had a kidney stone um, with every pregnancy. And um, so I go into the hospital. It's too late to get medication. And so I deliver without medication. I don't know if anybody in here knows my son, Tyler Weeks. He's in ministry. Matter of fact, he's at our church. He says, I'm going to be looking at you, so don't mess up. And um, matter of fact, he told me, I told Jeff, I had saw him earlier this week. He goes, Mom, if you don't have any good material, you can borrow a little bit of mine. (laughs) The doctor comes in. He brings the baby. It is a... Labor like I have never experienced before, but I'll be honest with you, the kidney stone caused me even greater pain than the labor did. They bring out this child, 
and they um, have to use this method. They bring out this child, and his head has to be this long. <laughs> I've never seen a cone head like that before in my whole entire life. Red, red hair, which runs on my side of the family, which if you know Tyler, if you followed him throughout the years, he was born with dark, dark red hair. Then it turned blonde, and now he has brown hair. I sat up in my hospital bed. The doctor and my husband bring me the baby, and I start to cry, and I start to scream, and I said, that's not mine. I need you to take it back and bring me another one. So that's how my first Mother's Day started. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade it for the world. How many of you know that life can really just get tough sometimes? Get tough. I want to thank this church because if you're new or you're visiting and you don't know this, this church is extremely passionate about being on the forefront of also rescuing women out of sex trafficking. Um, if you don't think it's taking place, right now our state has the ninth highest reported numbers for human trafficking. Last year, because of your giving and because of the way you loved, a Cry Freedom Missions was able to rescue 54 women out of sex trafficking. I'll even go as far to tell you as some of those precious women will even be within this service today. And um, I told them, I said, there's no judgment at that church. Um, that this is a church that will love. And so um, human trafficking is very real. Let me put it to you this way. You can sell a bag of drugs just one time, but you can sell a young girl or a young guy over and over again, and it's taking place um, in our communities, in your communities, in my community. So I'm extremely, extremely grateful for this church. Life does not go the way we always plan. Matter of fact, it can be right comical, I thought I'd bring a, um, I walked in the door. Isn't it terrible you're referred to at this church? My friend over here, what's his name, Jeff? Let me embarrass him on camera. If anybody's watching, um, Johnny Kennedy, is that his name? I walk in and he goes, you're the fat back woman. I'm like, <laughs> y'all remember how I talked about fat back that time? He goes, that's the fat back woman. I'm like, wow, that's what every woman wants to hear on Mother's Day. <laughs> She's a fat back woman. <laughs> yep, sometimes life doesn't go the way you planned. Thank you, Johnny Kennedy. But I'm fixing to give you something that you can chew on for this time. Life can be right comical too, can it? How many of you know the enemy, he even tries to trip us up with busyness? How many of you know your cell phones can get you in trouble? I had this pastor reach out to me, and he says, I want you to come speak at my church in Raleigh. And um, I was really excited, because I'll be honest with y'all, I have really wanted to speak at this pastor's church. And um, so I'm excited, but I'm walking into jail, and I saw Miss Barbara Cook in here. I used to see Miss Barbara all the time when I was walking in jail. I'm walking in jail because we do jail outreach every single week. The women that I'm meeting on the streets, it gives me an opportunity if I go into the jail to get them away from their pimp or their drug dealer, which in many cases the pimp and the drug dealer are the same people. 
And so I go into jail every week. That affords me the opportunity to be with them some more. And then I'll hopefully get them to a place of safety, get them to our safe house. I'm so excited, Jeff. This pastor has reached out to me, and he's saying, Hey, would you come to our church, speak to our church, love on our members, and just give them the word of God? But I have to turn off my phone when I'm in the jail, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to text him back quickly, and then I'll follow up when I leave jail. I did. I texted him very quickly. I walk out of the jail, and it's two hours later because I'm in there from 9 to 11. Y'all are quiet. Y'all are listening this morning. It gets really good. I walk out of the jail with Jonathan, who works with me, and I start screaming. And he's like, what's wrong with you? I said, take this phone. It's of the devil. He said, what's wrong? And I'm going to read you the message that I circled in red. The pastors asked me, are you going to come to our church and speak? I can't talk right now. I'm in jail. How you like that one? A week gets worse. I'll be glad to massage you when I get out. I'm looking forward to it. Needless to say, I haven't spoken there yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I love y'all. Don't you ever call me the fat back woman again. Because you'll have something to deal with. I just want to let you know that. He said, send him a text. Y'all getting in the flesh. There's no Chick-fil-A coming here because of y'all. Last night, I was woken up in the middle of the night. You ever been woken up about one of the messages you're going to speak on? It was a very vivid dream. This is probably not a message that's going to make you shout or stand up. I don't know who's watching online, but specifically the people who are watching online, God told me that this message is specifically for someone watching online. And so I want you to know that I am praying for you because I believe we've all been here before. When life, when you get in a funk, like you just don't feel anything anymore, like you just don't want to move, like you just don't want to get out of bed, like you are burned out, you're worn out, you're exhausted. Spiritually, you feel like there's nothing there. And that bad attitude is like a flat tire. If you have a flat tire and you don't change it, you won't go anywhere. If you have 
a bad attitude and you're living in that pit, in that funk, you won't go anywhere. Several months back, and I am specifically preaching this message to myself today. Several months back, it was in the middle of the night, and my phone rang. And it kept ringing, and there was a police officer on the other end. And she said, Miss Weeks, we need you to come to um, Kinston and identify a body. Many of you remember Ashley. <laughs> she was so full of life. She had come to our program, so amazing. She had a young daughter, and um, we poured into her life skills, parenting skills, job skills. She graduated from the program. And then she got in a funk. She connected with some of the wrong people. She connected with her past. Who you connect with when you're in a funk will change everything. I remember walking into that hospital room. And I saw her lying there. I began to stroke my fingers through her hair, and I began to weep <clears throat> because I knew what I had to do. I had to call her mom. I had to call her daughter, that young little girl. I think I was numb that night, Pastor Jeff. Pour into these people. You love them so much like your own children. And I go home and I weep and I grieve. I grab a tub of ice cream and I watch every single Netflix movie that you can watch. What's those movies we like to watch, Nana, that you like to watch? What's it called, Rick? They all end the same. What's it called? Hallmark. They, every single one, I want to let y'all know, they every single one end the same way. <laughs> like you already know what's going to happen. Kind of like our relationship with Jesus. We already know what the end What's going to happen? It's a good thing. It's always going to be a good thing. I could not, Richard, get out of my funk. I'm at work. I'm so excited. You know, we've caught these traffickers. Um, this family lets me share their stories. So we have this girl. She's um, her and her boyfriend. They're involved in a university. Um, her grades are very low. Um, she's not performing well in school, and so um, while she's in college, because I want you to hear me, college people, while she's in college, um, they introduce her to this little pill to help her stay up at night so that she can possibly do better with her grades, and it's something called meth. 
And she gets really highly addicted to it. And so they're both kicked out of college. She's taken to a hotel in Johnston County. In Johnston County, she meets this couple from Wayne County. Um, they were in Rosewood, and I'm sharing information. Anything that I'm sharing online or with you today is a case that I've already worked through with the SBI. And so I'm sharing you this information to educate you because how many even know God wants his people educated? She meets this couple from Johnston County at a hotel, and they say, how dare your parents treat you that way? That is so terrible that they would kick you out of your home. Um, I tell you what, let's bring you back to Wayne County. We live in a community that's very family-friendly in Rosewood, North Carolina, and we'll take care of you. I meet her in jail. I meet her in jail, and one of the red flags for me as I'm doing an intake with her is she is charged with a small, um, a lower-end drug charge. However, she also is charged from stealing food at Walmart. That's kind of like a red flag for me. I'm like, stealing food from Walmart? Why would you steal food from Walmart? And so I build this relationship with her. I get her to trust me, to open up with me, to allow me to bring the SBI in, and I find out that she's stealing food from Walmart because she's starving. Because if she could not perform with at least 14 men that day, she could not eat. I know some of you are gasping. This is probably not your typical Mother's Day message. What was even more sickening to me, Pastor Jeff, was the 14 men who are the 14 men. We do a stakeout on the house in Rosewood for approximately six to seven months, bringing the SBI, and everything that she had described, it was there. She was locked into a middle of a home in a concrete room with padlocks on the door. Did the stakeout, and guess what? Both traffickers were arrested. I'm in jail, and I see that trafficker, and I walk up to her, and she recognizes me that day. She knows who I am, and I'm talking to her, and uh, Jonathan, um, he had challenged me one time. He said, hey, Bev, can you love the trafficker as much as you love the one who has been trafficked? I looked at her that day, and I said, Karen, I don't care where you've ever been what you've ever done in my God's eyes you still have your same value he loves you and there's forgiveness for you weeks pass months pass you know we have COVID our jails are overcrowded people are making plea deals and guess what happens I'm dealing with everything around me Richard I'm, I'm losing these girls to addiction. I, I, I'm frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. I, I get a call, and it's the trafficker. We've been released. And in my mind, I'm thinking, they've been released back on the streets. I'm frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. I'm tired. Because... I want you to understand that the enemy has a primary agenda. The enemy has a primary agenda. He wants us all to think that we're unstable and we're losing it. 
You may have walked through the door this morning and you've said, I'm losing it. I don't feel anything. The thrill is gone. I, I, I don't feel anything for my marriage anymore. I want you to know I've been there. I don't feel anything for my children anymore. I don't feel anything for my job anymore. I have to read the Bible. I have to go to work. I have to exercise. I have to serve at church. And what happens is our mind here, our mind, we don't have control of our thoughts. And what happens is everything that we once had a passion for, right, Miss Mary? I love you so much. Everything that we once had a passion for, now it becomes what? An obligation. An obligation. The thrill is gone. One of the young girls that I rescued from Fayetteville, I'll never forget the night they called me. She had been raped by a gang. And I remember pulling up in Fayetteville. She had been eating out of a trash can. And I said, hey, Lily, get in the car. I'm going to take you to the safe house. I said, can I do anything for you? She said, yes, get me a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. And then she said, I want a milkshake, a large fry, apple pie. I'm like, whoo, come on. Got in the front car with her, Richard, and she's sitting beside me, and she hands me back the cheeseburger, and she begins to weep. And I said, what's wrong with you, Lily? She says, what do I have to do now to be able to eat the cheeseburger? But that was one song she used to sing to me, the thrill is gone. When the thrill is gone, when the joy is gone, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're in ministry, because I want to let you know that just because we're in ministry does not mean that the attack stops. It means the attacks come and they intensify. And the enemy comes after us, Jeff. And not only after us, but he comes after our family. He comes after our children. He comes after the people that we love. I don't care how spiritual you are, how anointed you are, how gifted you are. You can sing in the choir. You can sing on the stage. You can be the pastor's wife. You can even be the pastor. And attacks will still come. How do I? Because I believe somebody is watching online today. You've lost your zeal. You've lost your joy. I believe there's somebody in this room on this Mother's Day. You walked in. You look good on the outside, but inside you're breaking. How do I get control of my feelings? Because I want you to know the way we respond makes all the difference. The way we respond makes all the difference. We get to choose how we react. In Psalm 103, you have David, and I believe that these scriptures are written kind of when David is kind of a little bit older and mature in life, and he's wrestling, he's wrestling with what? His soul. And so you have in Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5, you have David here, and he's saying, he's talking to himself. Anybody ever talk to themselves? I talk to myself all the time. You should see me at a stoplight. And I can see the people pointing and looking like, bless her heart. Bless her heart. David's over here saying, talking to himself. 
What's your, what's your soul? It's your mind. It's your will. And it's your emotions. Because doesn't it say in 2 Corinthians that we have to take every thought captive and make it obedient? So here's David talking to a soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Richard, I got up. I've heard about Ashley. I've heard about the trafficker. You got issues with staff. You got issues at home. Because I'm human. Just because my husband and I do marriage counseling does not mean we don't argue. Let me take it back. In our house, we call it intense fellowship. <laughs> How about that, Mr. Fatback Man? I got intense fellowship going on. I found these scriptures nestled in there. Because I'm like, Lord, I'm so broken. What do I do? And I found where David is wrestling with his soul. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul talking to himself. Feel like blessing the Lord on my soul. Because they just talked about me. I walked into the Mount Olive Church. I was trying to act sophisticated, dignified, and like a pastor. I meet this guy and he calls me the fatback woman. I don't feel like blessing the Lord on my soul. I told you you better bless the Lord on my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. But the trafficker then said he might come after me himself. Or she might come after me himself. Everything's falling apart at work. I've stepped on the scales. The scales determine my value, right? Because if I step on there... And I don't weigh what I'm supposed to weigh. Then sometimes I let it determine my value. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel pretty enough. Maybe I shouldn't stand on the stage at Mount Olive. I told you to bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. And forget not all his benefits. All his benefits. You got to remind and renew. Remind yourself what has God brought you through? What has God brought me through? Oh, I remember. I remember standing on a stage and giving the altar call. And I remember giving the altar call and my phone kept ringing. And it was 919-736-1110, which happens to go to the hospital where my husband has worked for 29 years. But wait, he wouldn't call me. He wouldn't call me when I'm speaking or preaching. He knows I'm on a stage. Something's got to be wrong. I tell you what, it keeps ringing. Something's wrong. Let me step down. I stepped down off of the stage. Hello? Uh, is anything wrong? 
Mrs. Weeks, I am so sorry. But your husband has had a massive blood clot, which has caused a massive heart attack. He may not make it. Weeks go by. Don't tell me my husband won't make it. He's a child of God. He's covered by the blood. I'm going to anoint him, pray over him. Because guess what? My God not only forgives all your iniquities, but heals your diseases. I'm calling my husband healed, blessed in the name of Jesus. Weeks go by, guess what? He is healed. He's sitting on the second row, Mr. Fatback Man. Weeks go by. Don't forget his benefits, Beverly. Weeks go by, Richard. Guess what happened? COVID's hit our home. COVID is hitting our home. Oh, my word. I'm coughing at night. I can't breathe. You know why? Because panic is coming upon me. Because guess what? I'm not taking control of my mind. I'm not taking control of my thoughts. I'm not making my thoughts obedient to the word of God. I've got COVID. I'm going to die. My husband is sitting in his rocking chair. He is sitting over there. He's so dignified, so educated, so everything. He eats keto. He's healthy. He goes to clean eats. I don't eat keto. I love Cheetos. And I'm just telling you, oh, he's so dignified. He's in the word of God. I'm panicking because I have not taken my mind, my thoughts captive. He's rocking in the rocking chair. He's humming. I'm screaming. I literally looked at him. If you weren't here last year, I literally looked at him and I said, Get up! If we're going to die, we've got to get up. He's like, Woman, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Because I'm filled with fear. I want you to know, even a child of God can be filled with fear and panic. Because guess what? Again, Jeff, the enemy wants to wipe you out. I'm filled with fear. I'm filled with panic. I'm like, get up. He's like, what's wrong? I said, if we're going to die, everybody in this county knows me. I've preached in every single church. We've got to clean out the underwear drawer. I've just embarrassed him. He'll probably walk out and say, no, you walk with the fat Batman and pretend like he's your husband. (laughs) Seriously, Miss Mary, I said that. He goes, why do we have to clean out the underwear drawer? I said, because everybody will be in our home. Everybody will be cleaning out our stuff. And nobody can know that we really have holes in our underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Jeff would have never said that from the stage. By the way, those are the best kind of wearing underwear. You know what I had to do? Take control of my thoughts. Romans 12, 2 says, Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice the verse does not say, Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind only on a Sunday morning basis. But you got to take control, take control of your thoughts and your mind. 
You got to bless the Lord. Bless him. Like, have you ever been sitting in your pew or in your chair and Pastor Jeff is saying, raise your hands and praise the Lord. And you're like, I don't feel like praising the Lord and raising my hands. But he says what? Serve me out of obedience. Did you know there's power in obedience? So, Lord, I'm going to bless you even though I don't feel it feel like it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I'm going to bless your holy name and not forget all the benefits. Who forgives our iniquities, who forgives our sins and our iniquities. If it weren't for the grace of the God, if it weren't for the grace of our God, I have thought many of times that I could be one of my clients in the jail cell. He heals our diseases, not just the diseases on the outside that we can see, but the diseases of the heart, our thoughts, our depression, our oppression, our fear, our anxiety, our worries. He redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. When you begin to praise God, and if you'll play softly, I'll wrap up. Because I love to hear you play, so if you play softly. I'm not talking to the fat back man, I'm talking to you. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Can I tell you what happened when I began to change my way of thinking? Can I tell you what happened when I began to praise him even when I did not feel like praising him? My situation never changed. I want you to hear what I just said. My situation didn't change. But my perspective and the way that I began to look at things, it began to shift. And it began to change. You walked in today as a mother, a father, someone who's single, a grandfather, a grandmother. You're watching online today. And so far you haven't switched it. But you're thinking, if she only knew how broken I was. Because grief can be a terrible thing, can't it, Miss Mary? Addiction can be a terrible thing. I want you to know that the cases that I deal with with human trafficking, if you know someone who's actively in addiction and they've been actively in addiction for two years or more, I can promise you that most of them have been sexually exploited in some way. Looking a room, looking their next fix. 
looking food. And you're, you may be sitting in here today and you may be saying, that's my son. That's my daughter. And you have lost your joy on this Mother's Day. You've lost your zeal. You've lost your passion. You've lost your passion for your marriage, for your home, for your job. You've even lost your passion for Jesus, for God. Somebody asked me, what do you do when you lose your zeal, your passion for God? Spiritually, you find yourself in that funk. I said, do that one thing. One thing. Start off with that one thing. Like you've got to make your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. They've got to be subordinate, Jeff, to your spirit. Because your spirit is led by who? The Holy Spirit. When we're a Christian, our spirit is led by the Holy Spirit. So all of this has to come into obedience to this. How do you do it? Do that one thing you love. Mamas, what if you can't get up every morning and you can't run to your prayer closet? Can I tell you one thing that finds me joy, gives me a little bit of joy and, and I love it and, and it's my long time with Jesus is when I'm going grocery shopping. <laughs> this is so weird. I get finished with my groceries and I literally get to sit in my car for 15 minutes by myself. And that's my long time with Jesus. What is the one thing that gives you joy and zeal? What's the one thing that used to give you joy and zeal in your marriage? Do it. Was it a date night? Do it. Do that thing. Start with something. Take that step. Go to God in prayer. Cry out to Him. Rally that support team. Get them on your side. When you're going through the fire, you don't need warriors. You need warriors. Ignore those naysayers. Ignore the negative thoughts. And praise in the midst of your pain will make him bigger and not your problem. Stand with me and bow your heads. While nobody's looking around on this Mother's Day, you would just say, Phew, thank you for being real and thank you for being honest with us today. But while nobody's looking around, maybe you're even online, you would say, I've lost my zeal. I've lost my passion. You may even say, the first question I'm going to ask is, while nobody's looking around, if you would just be honest with me and say, look, I need Jesus. I need him in my life. I need him to save me. I I need him to rescue me, to heal me, to deliver me. The first thing I'm asking, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you're watching online, I want you to just say, I want to be saved. I want to know him as my Savior. And if you're in here, I want you to just lift your hand, put it right back down. Just say, I want you to remember me in this prayer. I need Jesus. While nobody's looking around, anybody, I need him as my personal Savior. While nobody's looking around, you would say, Beverly, I have lost that joy. I have lost that zeal. And I... I, 
I need God. I need God to help me with my thoughts, to help me with my mind, to help me with my emotions, to, to give me back that peace that he speaks about in Philippians 4, 6, 9, when he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And he says, and then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and soul. Be anxious for nothing. But you would say, I am that individual. I need that joy. I need that zeal. Would you just lift your hand up and put it back? Yes. 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 Someone else. I need that joy. I have lost the joy. I have lost the zeals. I feel like I'm being controlled by my mind, by my emotions. And I'm asking, yes, God sees that hand. Oh, Father God, we come to you, Lord, on this day. Because, see, Lord, it was no accident that you placed us all together, Lord, on this day. On this day, before we were even formed in our mother's womb. God, you see us. Like you see every single crevice. Even the little things that we hide from Facebook, we hide from Instagram, we hide from our pastor, we hide from our even our spouses, our families. You see them, Lord. And I ask on this day, Lord, that you would return that joy, Lord. That you would help us, Lord, with our mind, with our thoughts, Father God. That we would begin to take all those negative thoughts that say we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not valuable enough. That, hey, if we don't weigh this way or look this way, that, you know, our self-worth is devalued. I pray that we will take every negative thought that the enemy has brought to us, every lie, and send it right back to the pits of hell where it came from. And that on this day, we will rest in you, Father. And that we will bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits, who forgives us all our iniquities, who heals our diseases, who redeems our life from destruction, who crowns us with loving kindness and tenderness and mercies, who satisfies our mouth with good things. Renew our youth, Father just like the eagles. In the name of Jesus, we pray and all God's children said, Amen.